Welcome back to the Eau Claire Church of the Nazarenes podcast. This is our worship podcast for Sunday, May 24th, Memorial Day weekend. Um, We do want to take a few moments and pray. And before we pray, though, we want to thank any of you who have served our country, and especially any of you who have family members who you may have lost um, during wartime or in service to their country. We appreciate you and their sacrifice, and we appreciate that you were so willing to share them with us and, and for our freedom. Thank you for that. And we pray God's comfort on you this weekend. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of of worshiping you. And Lord, although this situation is not as we would choose, although we are not together with our friends, we thank you that we are able to worship together in this way. We thank you, Father, for the means of technology that allows us to share together, even at a time when when times are hard, when it is frustrating and we feel alone and we feel isolated. Thank you for allowing us to encourage one another with phone calls and letters and notes and cards. And thank you, Father, for friends. Thank you for family, for those who love us and who care about us. Thank you so much for your caring, compassionate um, touch in our lives. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for the way that you touch our lives and the ways that you meet our needs each and every day. I pray, Father, that as we um, open your word today, that we would hear from you. Help us to listen on purpose to what you have to say to us. Lord Jesus, would you continue to work in our country and in our world? And Lord, would you help this virus to, to, uh, to go away and, and to be controlled? And, and Lord, provide a vaccine for it and, and um, help the doctors to come up with treatments that are successful. Whatever needs to happen, Father, we just rest in you and trust you to do whatever needs to be done. Now, Lord, be with us as we worship. Be with us as we, as we turn to your word and as we consider this time that we are living in. We thank you, Father. We worship you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning I want to talk to us about navigating through the fog. The time that we're living in right now kind of feels like a little bit of a foggy time. It feels as though we are um, not really sure where the next turning is. Um, We may know where we're going, but we may not always know how we're going to get there because of the circumstances in which we are living. Um, We are deeply excited about looking forward to when we will come together again. And we are hopeful that that will be very soon, and we are prayerful that it will be. But for now, we are still kind of navigating through the fog. I have been fortunate, and I do say fortunate because I do believe that I've received a number of blessings by having the life I've lived, that I've been able to live in numerous places. I have lived in Colorado, New Mexico, California, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Um, Wisconsin, Iowa. I think that's all of the states I've lived in. Um, But I have lived in a a variety of states. And one thing that all of those states have had in common is fog. 
Um, I remember as a as a kid um, driving in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in a desert place where you wouldn't think you would have a lot of fog, and where truly we don't have a lot of fog. But I do remember one trip. Um, my mom and I had gotten up very early in the morning. She was taking me downtown to the bus depot where I was going to catch a bus to go to Colorado to spend time with my dad. In New Mexico, we have very little rain, but when we have rain because of the heat, if there is a lot of standing rain, we end up with fog. And on this particular very early morning, I recall us crossing a um, an overpass that headed down into downtown Albuquerque. And I remember looking around me and wondering where my city was. Because you see, it had rained the day before. It was very, very warm. And the rain that had set on the pavement all night had turned to fog. And as we came over that overpass, there was hardly any visibility. It was very, very, very foggy. And that is truly the first time that I ever recall being in a fog, being in a place where I really, truly did not know where I was. I could not see the landmarks around me. If it weren't for the overpass on that street, I wouldn't have even known where we were. But the overpass gave me a clue. Other than that, all of the landmarks around me, all of the distinguishing marks that in indicated where we should turn and where we were going, they were all missing. They were hidden in that fog. I remember walking across campus of the college I attended in Oklahoma on a beautiful foggy morning. And it was about 6.45, I had a 7 a.m. class. And I remember walking through the fog and the peace, the quiet that surrounded me. Very honestly, I could not see anything. I couldn't see the buildings hardly. They were just a dim shadow if I could see anything at all. But what I could see was the path before me that was delineated by the sidewalk. Were it not for that, I'm not sure I would have made it to class that day. Because all of my signposts, all of those, those landmarks, those familiar things, they were all gone from my sight. They were missing. We lived in Northern California. The Sacramento Valley is famous for Thule Fog. We have been to Mount Rushmore when the when the picture of George and the guys up there on the mountain, that was completely hidden by fog. I remember a foggy morning after a snowstorm in Colorado where it just seemed as though we were living in a cloud. It was so foggy. I often have worked in places where I've had to drive a distance to work. And here in Wisconsin, I had to drive to a little town one year um, to teach every day. And I remember cloudy days, foggy days, and one particular foggy day um, coming upon an, um, an Amish buggy in the highway. And but for his flashing light, I may not have even seen him. But I remember how, how impactful that was on me on the fact that we don't always know what's ahead when we're in the fog, do we? I've, I've been lost in the fog, missed signposts, and ended up in a town I didn't even intend to be in. Because of these experiences in the fog, there are three things that I have come to learn about them, about the fog. 
Um, first of all, fog is very disorienting. It takes away our sense of place, our sense of location, the place where we are. We don't always know where we are because the things around us that are familiar, that help us to know where we are, are missing. It's not that they're missing, it's just that they're missing from our sight. And so it's hard to know for sure where we are. It's disorienting. It's also easy to miss important things like turning posts and landmarks and signs, things that tell us we need to go places or we need to be here or we are there. And the third thing is that it's so simple to get lost in the fog. It's just frightening how easily those things can impact us when we are in the fog. There's two kinds of fog. Well, there's probably more, but today I want to talk about two kinds. There is the fog that exists around us as we are driving, as we are traveling, as we are moving through this world that God has made. But there is also a spiritual fog that sometimes settles over us and causes us to be confused. So let's see if we can learn from one to understand the other better. First of all, fog is disorienting. When we are driving or navigating in the fog, it is easy to become disoriented. It's easy to wonder where we are and if we are going the right way. Uh, once when I was very young, I, I became ill while we were at a friend's house and my mom realized that I had a pretty high fever and she thought she'd probably better take me home. We had a very small apartment at a motel and, and we were headed back to that place and there was one one-way street in the town we were living in. We weren't had not lived there very long. And my mom was heading to that hotel when she suddenly looked up and realized she was going the wrong way on a one-way street. She wasn't familiar with the town yet, really. And, and there was only one one-way street in town. And she didn't see the sign that said, don't come because it was foggy. And she just got a little lost. You know, she was just disoriented. She was in the wrong place. She was going the wrong direction. When you're in the fog, you can get really disoriented. When you are, are trying to navigate through a foggy place, it's easy to get confused. Spiritual fog is much the same. When we are experiencing a spiritual fog and we're not sure of what's ahead, one thing that I've learned is that sometimes it's just best to stop and to wait, to wait for God to show us when to move forward, where to go, how to proceed. It's so easy when you are disoriented to follow the wrong thing. So sometimes the best thing is to wait. Psalm 27 verses 1, 4, 5, and 7, and 8 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One thing I ask of the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. 
Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Knowing who or what to trust in those disorienting times is vitally important for all of us. And my friends, when we are experiencing a spiritual fog, we should trust the one who loves us best. We should trust our Heavenly Father. We should trust God. We should trust the Holy Spirit living within us to lead us one step at a time. And sometimes, sometimes he says, wait. Sometimes he says, be still and know that I am God. Even there, even in the midst of the fog, Sometimes we just need to be still. We just need to wait. When we are in the fog, we can miss the signposts. That day when I was so ill and my mom was driving me home, she missed the one-way sign because it was obscured by the fog. When my husband and I lived in Northern California, we were driving in Thule fog. Thule fog is, is, I'm not sure why it's called that. It's in the Sacramento Valley. It is so thick that truly you cannot see road, road, road signs beside the highway there telling you to merge or speed limits or anything. And so in lanes where you have to merge, they paint these six foot long arrows telling you move over, move over. It's just this big arrow. And when we first moved there, I laughed at that. And then we drove in a Thule fog. And suddenly it made sense. You see, it's easy to miss the signposts. A couple of summers ago, I was taking a training for school um, for my job. At, I'm a teacher and, and taking this training at for the school in a town about 60 miles away from home. I would travel there every morning and travel home every night. And another teacher would travel with me. We had a school district vehicle and we were taking that drive. I was the designated driver because I had passed the licensing for the district tests and all that. And one morning we were headed there and we had always left on time to be there about 10 minutes early just to make sure that if we had any trouble, we wouldn't be late. So this one morning I had picked her up and we were heading and all of a sudden we came down into a valley where it was very, very foggy. Um, I looked at my friend and I said, help me find the road sign because we have to make this turn up here and I don't want to miss it. So please help me watch for the sign. She said, no problem. I'll help you watch. She had her eyes peeled on the side of the road. I was keeping my eyes on the highway because again, it was an Amish area. There were a lot of buggies around. Um, I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss anything. She was watching for the sign. We missed the sign. 25 miles later, we drove into a town where neither of us had ever been. We kind of looked around and went, oops, I think we missed the sign. By then, the fog had begun to burn off and we turned around and we went back. And lo and behold, there was the sign. But as we passed it the first time, it couldn't be seen because it was hidden in the fog. Now, Thankfully for us, we went to a little town. We realized we were in the wrong place. We turned around. We went back. 
One of the things about fog, though, is that sometimes dangers are hidden within it. That morning as I drove to work down in Durand and I was driving through the fog and an Amish buggy going very slowly being pulled by a horse was ahead of me on the highway. Had he not had a red flashing light on the back of the buggy, had I not been aware of the weather and aware of the possibilities of obstructions ahead of me, it could have been a very tragic circumstance. You see, there are dangers that lie in the fog. That's one of the problems with the spiritual life too. There are dangers that lie around us when we are in a spiritually foggy place, when we're unsure of where God is leading us. And sometimes things can look right, but not be right. When we become disoriented, when we miss the signposts, we can sometimes go a direction where perhaps God is not leading us, but a way that seems right to us. There is a way that seems right to a man. But it is not always the way that God would have us go. You see, God has a purpose and a plan. And when we are in the fog, spiritually, and we are disoriented, and we are looking for signposts, but we are not seeing them, once again, I come back to that verse, be still and know that I am God. He wants us to wait. He wants us to sit. He wants us to let him lead us. But sometimes he's telling us, stop. I wonder, could this time of isolation, of of staying at home, of being safer at home, as our governor has said, could this time be a time when God is simply saying to us, be still and know that I am God? Could he be saying to us, it's time to rest? It's time to lean on me. It's time to trust me. It's time to wait for my direction. I wonder. The last thing that I learned from the fog, I I learned that we could be disoriented. I learned that I can miss signposts. But the last thing is that when we are in the fog, there are simply times we don't know where we are. I, I told you about the story of, of my Amanda and I getting lost on the way to the training. But one thing that we need to do when we are proceeding through the fog is we need to learn how to trust our tools. <laughs> you see, when pilots learn to fly, they are taught to rely upon the instrumentation. There are reasons for this. Pilots fly in the dark, in the rain, in the snow, and in the fog. 
They have to be instrument rated to be able to fly a plane in any of those conditions where they cannot truly see landmarks or see the ground or see the airport or see the light from the airport's beacon coming up at them. They have to be instrument rated so that they know where they truly are flying. Can you imagine how disorienting it would be to have absolutely no landmarks? Well, I'm going to raise my hand right here because I totally feel that pain right now. Since we've moved to Wisconsin, I struggle every day with knowing what direction I am going. It's not like I don't know where I'm going because I know the landmarks. But folks, we don't have landmarks here. I grew up in Albuquerque. We had Sandia Peak and the Manzano Mountains on the east side and the volcanoes on the west side. When we lived in Colorado Springs, Pikes Peak was on the west side of town and the prairies were on the east, okay? I knew where I was at all times. I only had to find the mountain. The valley in which I grew up in Colorado, we had the Buckhorn and Ciro Summit on the east. We had Grand Mesa on the north, Sneffels Range on the south, and the Uncompahgre Plateau on the west. I knew where I was simply by looking around me. We don't have that here. I get disoriented and I get lost. In all of those places, I knew where I was in relation to the mountains. Here I have no mountains by which to navigate and I get confused. Can you imagine how pilots feel? I've heard of pilots who in a foggy sky will fly into the ground because they did not rely upon their instruments. They relied instead upon their senses. They didn't know where they were. They were unaware of the dangers around them. And they needed to rely on the tools that were given to them to help them to navigate the fog. As Christians, we have our own set of instruments, our own sets of tools upon which to rely. We have prayer. We have fellowship in scripture. We have that soft, still voice of God speaking to us and leading us. We have the wise counsel of those who speak to us and we hear their voices. And as we hear their voices, we allow God to speak to us through them. Most of all, we have the ability to sit and listen and in the quietness of our souls, we can sense God's presence and his leading in our life. Navigating in those confusing, foggy times is not simple, but it is possible. We can reach our destination. We can end up where we are supposed to be. It just requires that we depend on God, the one who leads us. I honestly don't know about you, but the past eight or nine weeks have been hard on me. I've struggled with where I am and where we will go from here, how we will get there. And honestly, I've wondered what we will find when we begin moving forward. This has been a difficult and challenging foggy time in many ways. This is exactly the kind of time where we were talking about earlier, where the foggy days. These are the kind of days when we are disoriented, when we miss signposts, and when, very honestly, we don't know where we are because we are all at home. And we didn't really know where we were spiritually or emotionally, if you know what I mean. This is the time when we rely on our instrumentation. We don't rely on what we think we know. We rely on God. We rely on his word and we rely on prayer and time spent with him to take us through this difficult, confusing, and foggy time. Listen again to his words, to the words from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? 
One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. My friends, we are planning to meet again in person next Sunday, the last Sunday in May. And I cannot wait. In the meanwhile, seek his face. Read his love letter to you. Read his word. Open your Bible. Spend time with him. Pray. Be still. And know that he is God. May the Lord bless you.